Good. Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. What's up? Hey, man. Hey. You sound exhausted. Well, it's mental exhaustion. <laughs> okay. Like, it's... So those things were... So last time we spoke, we had all four of us here. But before then, uh, we kind of alluded that I was going out of town. And I went to Portland to uh, Fusion 360 University. Whoa. This big, like, solid two-day, like, instructional course that Autodesk put on for Fusion 360 users. And I came back kind of a little bit broken. Like, I had my workflow. I had my process. I had my way that I would explain to Anthony or to anybody else how to make something. And then they're like, oh, well, that's neat. Like, it's not wrong, I guess. The way that they kind of put everything in this room full of very experienced users. They're like, what's rule number one? They're like, make a component. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Writing down well, rule number one. Well, I don't, yeah. <laughs> so I came back with like 10 pages of just packed full, super dense notes on like everything that I could possibly hope to absorb so now when I come back, uh, I, I've been able to kind of implement some of those things, but I tried to just like right off the bat, I'm like, okay, let's do some rule number one. And it messed me up. Mm. And so I've tried to blend my way with their kind of very uh, astute, like do it this way or you're going to screw yourself up later, which is hard to kind of unlearn. Yeah. But their way has merit. Their way definitely has benefits, but... It's really hard to try to to unlearn what you've already known for the sake of some benefit down the road that you don't see. Yeah, yeah. And then once I hit that point where it becomes a benefit, I just know how to kind of, you know, maneuver my way through it. I'm like, oh, if I would have done it their way, this could have been done you know, a couple minutes ago. Yeah. But I, I still don't know how to effectively do that in my workflow. But don't you think it's going to take time? I mean, you can't make a full transition like that, unlearning and learning within a single go. Well, I think the real frustrating part is that I'm trying to design something right now and I'm having trouble with the thing, like designing the thing, seeing it all in my head, how it should all go together and trying to implement their ways. Uh, so it's like a double fold, like mental just anguish right now. Gotcha. Anguish may not be the word. It's just there, there's a lot of muscles <laughs> that are that are tired right now. Gotcha. So I'm like, all right, I got to figure this out. I'm like, oh, but before you make progress on the concept that's in your head, make sure you structure it in the way that they taught you. And so I have to go back and remember how to do it. And I end up just working myself into a tizzy and mm. just staring at the computer for a second or getting up and walking away. And then gotcha. kind of defaulting back to what I know. Well, I mean, do you think you should maybe take a step back and solve some of the problems that you're – the design problems first, maybe on paper or something? I did. And that's ultimately what I had to do. Yeah. And that's, it's that funny because they're like, step one, make a component. But then everybody else is like, all right, first thing you really need to do is start writing stuff down. And mm. I'm like, is that a not yet a step? Step zero? Is that a pre-step? Hmm. But yeah, it's – I mean, it's a woodworking project. And so there are many ways that pieces of wood can connect to other pieces of wood. It's just trying to find the most advantageous to have the entire thing built efficiently so we don't waste materials, we don't waste our time. It goes together pretty quickly and very sturdy. Yeah. And all those things don't make any sense in a 3D model. And so... Oh, yeah. Right. It's like, well, if I put it together like this, that would equal a pocket hole. If I put it together like this, that would be a face joint. And so neither one of them are wrong. It, it kind of goes back to that same thing. Like the way that I'm modeling it isn't wrong. The way that I put it together, if I were to make it in real life, isn't wrong. Is it the best? Just best practice stuff. Yeah. Which, I mean, definitely has advantage long term. But, you know, maybe right now, maybe this particular thing, it's not as uh, detrimental to not have all those things in place. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Just, I don't know either. But I think there's like something to be said about you know, improving over time and being aware of better ways to do it. And maybe every time you do a project, you try to integrate a new little piece. But if you try to do it all at once, I mean, obviously it's kind of like hampering your productivity, right? It's yeah. like stopping the whole thing, which is not what you want. You know? No, but there are some things that I've been able to integrate and it has helped. Um, yeah. A lot of the organization, like when you talk about starting with a component, that is a good idea. 
rather than every little thing that you make belonging to the entire project, it can combine, it can belong to like subcomponents, which is great. Yeah. And so there's some organizational stuff, which has really helped. Um, but yeah, it's just like you, you know how to do something and someone untaught you. So that in itself, trying to, to drudge up the momentum to kind of get, get back to where you were with their help with the new skills is difficult enough. And then trying to do that on something that I don't see quite as clearly as I would hope to. Hmm. It's just like, it's, it's a quagmire that this thing, it's, it's simple. It's, it's as simple as it needs to be, but all of those things kind of stacked on top of each other are just like slowing yeah. it down. And I'm not good when something slows down. I want to get it. That's why I'm, we model things is so that we can get it right the first time. Yeah. Whenever we go to make it, and it's like, <laughs> and then I'm sitting there. I'm like, why am I? T- I'm just tired. My my brain is tired. Yeah. But you guys were out at the farm. We were at the farm all day yesterday. Yeah, and you know how yesterday we went out there and it was like hot. Yep. It was super nice today. Well, that's yeah. It was fantastic, yeah. and the bugs weren't there. And how was the fire? Uh, the fire was completely out. That's we good. put it out yesterday, and it stayed out. It was we, a fire we intentionally set. Yes. Not one that, like, the pex fitting, (laughs) the shark bite fittings caused. (laughs) Yeah, we, so a few weeks back, we ripped out a whole bunch of stuff at the farm. There were, like, some old workbenches. There was a room inside the barn that, kind of a freestanding, not freestanding, but a non-structural room. A little add-on office that they built in the corner. Yeah, it didn't need to be there. It was a mouse hole. And uh, so we tore that out. So now there's a whole bunch of wood in there, two-by-fours and OSB and stuff that's, Maybe reusable, but I don't know. I, I wholeheartedly support your idea yeah. of not reusing any of that garbage. It just felt gross. Yeah. And so we chopped a bunch of it up. We have a fire pit, so we burned a whole bunch of it because we were there all day yesterday. Which is possibly why it was so hot. That was a good fire. <laughs> but it was a nice fire. So it was a big kind of, it was a smallish, reasonable campfire, which at times grew to mini bonfire size. Yeah. And then we got the leaf blower. And then I turned it into, like, forge fire. It wasn't giant, but it was hot. It was hot. But it, it wasn't especially large. No. It was, it was contained. We, we purposely didn't make it large. Yeah. Because we weren't, I'm going to say we weren't paying attention to it. It's in a well-defined area. <laughs> but if it were to get bonfire size, I feel like it would need to be monitored. Yeah. We were, way more than it was. We were within. We were like, in and around the area with line of sight. Yeah, line about of sight. About 80 that's, to 90% of the time. <laughs> Yeah. We're, Just we're, higher than most. Yeah, that's true. We were close. Rubbage fires. Yeah. Oh, wait. Did, did that wrong? Yeah. Uh, it was really nice to be out there all day that day. I like being out there a lot. And today it was even nicer because it wasn't oh, that's cool. melting. Look at this. So I'm working on the... Uh, yeah. It's a it's a tiny paint roller. Yeah. But it becomes a different part on this. There's a little greebly piece. Yeah. I see you, you just see? strapped Can a gun see? to the outside of this giant spaceship. Yeah, you're making. I did. Oh, yeah. It's like a pistol. You got a little space yeah. pistol. He's not paying attention, but uh, Anthony, I was going to show you this little. This is a tiny Lego paint roller, hmm. but it's going on a spaceship. Um, I'm working on the blockade runner still. I like this set. It's pretty cool. It's big. Yep. I think it's probably where I like it. Um, it was kind of weird to set this aside and do the thing last time. I noticed that, like, before we left and left his Batmobile here mm-hmm. that he worked on, but I think he's gonna come back soon. So take your take your Batmobile with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What else? What else is going on? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Something wrong? No, I'm just I don't know what's going on anymore. My brain hurts. Like, I'm staring at this lunar excursion module, and I'm very close to being done. But I'm just looking at all the pieces that are still connected to, like, the rack. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know what any of these little thingies are. <laughs> I don't know where they go. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Well, maybe you don't work on it today. Maybe you this just, little joker goes right there. Just sit there I and, don't know. and be. They're all floating around in space. <laughs> it's also poison. Everything is space garbage. <laughs> 
Let's talk about something fun then. Yeah. Uh, like no speed limit, no law talk. Really? I realized that last week's conversation when I was talking about law enforcement got me angry. Really? And I walked out, and uh, every speed limit sign I saw, I just kind of like. <laughs> and then ooh, here's, ooh. A, here's a related thing. Okay. So the street that I live on, I have no idea what the speed limit is because I don't know where speed limit sign is. But again, like the conversation, I drive a regular speed. It's a neighborhood. But then again, I tell my kids not to play in the street. Hmm. So. My street could be used as like a cutoff to save somebody maybe a quarter mile on another road. Oh, yeah. So there's higher traffic than usual just because some people use it as a shortcut. And there's people that go really fast down that street. That's kind of frustrating. And the other day, like I back out of my driveway so that I, whenever I back my vehicle out, I am kind of in the way of people who are going too fast to use it as a cutoff. And I'm like, well, tough nuggets. This is my street. <laughs> You, you are going too fast, therefore you will yield whatever. That didn't happen to somebody up the road the other day, and there was this big, like, horn battle and flipping off of fingers and people having a whole bunch of drama that I got no part in. So the lady that lives in that house comes down yesterday and wants me to sign a petition so that she can petition the city council to put in speed bumps. Whoa. And I'm like, man, I don't care about any of that crap. Mm. I don't want speed bumps on my road. Yeah. How about you just not be in the street? Like, that's for cars. The sidewalk is for me. The road is for cars. And so I, I scribbled some illegible, like, you got to sign your credit card receipt on a little machine, kind of like squiggle line dot thingy. I'm like, there you go. I'm sure that helps her, but I could really care less about speed bumps. Why don't you just say no if you don't care Because about they care about it. It was kind of like the conversation, like, does somebody else's desire to have it outweighs my apathy against it? Mm. So... Whatever. Right. Sure. I'll put a name. She doesn't want my name. I'm not the, dis- <laughs> you know, because Josh Price says we have to have one, there it shall be. She just had a numbered spot. I'm like, Signed, oh. Gerald Thunderpants. Yeah, exactly. Donald Duck can be, you know, recipient number 50, and it honestly wouldn't matter. But it was kind of, it kind of made me laugh, going mm-hmm. back to what we talked about last week. Yeah, I... I thought about that a little bit the other day driving, too, and I had an extra thought about it that I don't now remember. Um, hmm. But I, it, it was like, a, oh, yeah, well, also this, like uh, another affirmation from my stance on it. Hmm. Um, but I don't remember what it was, so it's not going to be a good argument. <laughs> so we won't talk about it. How about that? Um Talk about something fun. Some shows, movies. Have you seen anything new lately? You said you watched a movie last night with your family. Yeah, we watched Bill and Ted with my kids. Did and they, they liked it. Did they? Well, yeah. they, they should. They should. Who shouldn't like that movie? Seriously. My son Deacon, uh, he didn't really know. I don't know if I've actually told him that he's named after a character in that movie. <laughs> but my daughter was watching it and Ted's brother's name is, is Deacon, who is my oldest son's name. He's like, Deacon, you have to watch Napoleon. And my little three-year-old daughter was like, his name's Deacon too. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And she was bothering my son every time he would come on screen. Deacon, that's, his name's Deacon, Deacon. She just wouldn't stop. She thought it was awesome. She thought it was way cooler than he did. Yeah, that's funny. And they just wanted me to translate every time that Napoleon spoke. And oh. I totally forgot. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's the a section alley. where he yells, man. <laughs> like, and it, like, there's captions on screen yep. in the bowling alley where he says the S word. Like lot. ten times in a row. <laughs> yeah. And one of my kids knows how to read effectively. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I can't make the, like, the awkward dad sound in lieu of a, an obscenity beep where I just go like, ah! <laughs> to cover up the sound. He's just reading all the words. I'm like, well... Um, yeah, that's a word. It's pretty cool that my kids are all old enough to the point and we've like, you know, talked to them about their speech and how it affects people around them and stuff enough that when we watch a movie that we know has, you know, language that we don't want them to say in it, we can say like, all right, this one has language in it, but you're not going to say it right. And they're all like, yep, they're totally like, they don't really flinch at it, which is unless they hear a person in, in person. It's, yeah. If they're around somebody that says something, they, they look at me with giant eyes. I can't believe that. 
But um, with the movies, they've actually we were a little worried about that, you know. Like we held back certain movies and stuff, uh, like Goonies, because mm-hmm. the kids yep. have a lot of stuff that I don't want my kids of the same ages to say, and so we were a little worried about that. But they actually do pretty well with it. We were on vacation a couple weeks ago, and I think I told you this. We were sitting around one night, the very few nights that we were alone, and I was like, "Hey, we should watch a movie." Like I brought our Amazon Fire TV thing, so mm-hmm. we can just hook it up. And watch our own stuff. It's so convenient. It was really nice, man. You put that thing in your pocket. Yeah. A little stick. It's crazy. Anyway, so we're like, you know, they immediately start talking about the movies that they've seen before that they want to see again. I'm like, oh, let's find something that you've never seen and something new. And Bill and Ted was up there. I'm like, oh, Bill, it's you're all of the right age. Yeah. Let's watch Bill and Ted. And they're like, oh, that looks kind of weird. I'm like, let's watch the trailer. This movie's old. Well, they don't really care about that, but it was just like the still image yeah. of the two guys like playing air guitar they were like eh. so then we watched the trailer and i forgot that trailers from maybe more than 10 15 years ago are very different than they are now they were like slow down synopsis 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 of the movie that aren't exactly like in the punchy get your attention style mm. that they are now so it was uh i don't know it just didn't catch them. <laughs> so we got to the end of the trailer, and I'm like, it looks good, right? And they're like, eh, like all of them at the same time. Eh. So I, said, I had to okay. pause the movie and have uh, a thorough education session on what the heck a phone booth is. Oh. Because hmm. I didn't I understand what in the world they were in. They thought it was just a time machine. I'm like, well, yeah, it is a time machine, but it's a phone booth. I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> and, then it be, and then it pointed to... Uh, we have, like, a phone jack on our wall from times past. I'm like, do you guys know what that thing is? They're like, no. I'm like, that's for a phone. That's where the money comes from. The out. thing that's I mean, in right <laughs> now is for a phone when you're outside. An out phone? Yeah. Outside phone. I'm looking forward to watching that one with our kids. <laughs> well, when, I, like, the DVD menu was up, uh, Deacon started reading it, and he was like, they're out to save the world and they can't even read or something like that. Like, it makes them sound super bad. Oh, the, just yeah. the, the punchline or the little one-liner underneath the title. That's funny. It's like, ow, that's harsh. And then I tried to explain that the, that, that guy was Duke Kaboom. Oh, yeah. And they're like, Duke Kaboom's in this movie? It's like, he's a real guy from a long time ago? I'm like, <laughs> oh, boy, no. I'm like, I get that. He was a nostalgic toy. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I'm walking it back. That's pretty funny. And my daughter's like, is Duke Kaboom showing up soon? <laughs> no. Yes, honey. After So Crates. So Crates. I love that movie. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, oh, I thought about something a second ago. Because of Bill and Ted. And now I lost it. I don't know what it was. Um, have you seen any new movies or anything like interesting? Did I tell you about The Dawn Wall? The Don Wall? Yes. Don Wall. The Don <laughs> Old Don Wall. No. The Don Wall. You have to watch it. Okay. It's on Netflix. Okay. I think. Pretty sure it was Netflix. So I watched uh, Free Solo. Yep. You saw that one. Oh, uh, yeah. I heard. Is this what you were talking about on uh, Making It? Probably. Okay. So Free Solo was about the dude. Um, the one guy. Yeah, Hannibal. Yep. Who did a free solo climb, which means no ropes, no help, no anything. Up. Uh, okay. Okay. In that movie, did you see that one? Yeah. Okay. So his buddy. The guy with the kids and a wife? Yes. Who lived in the van or the truck yes. or whatever? Yes, who was yep. worried about him. Yep. This movie's about that guy, oh. and that guy is way more impressive. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so free soloing is crazy and stupid, and like I don't, you shouldn't do that. Does he have a functioning brain? It makes you feel like things are scary. He is a person uh, with a pretty amazing story, and through it all, he has an addiction or a focus on climbing that rivals anything I've ever seen. Hmm. But he, yeah, he's actually a human versus. Not that the guy. Alex Hennold is very just like, I left my emotions in the van. It's time to go be human. Well, in the in Free Solo, he went to get an MRI, and they were like, your amygdala, the part of your brain that makes you regulate fear and aggression, they're like, kind of doesn't work. He's like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> That's why I'm not scared at stuff. Yeah. Like you regular sissies. 
Yeah, I mean that movie was cool, but this one I think has a th- that one is cool from a sorry, Free Solo is cool from a nobody should do this. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Don't do this kind of perspective. This one is cool from a guy that really didn't have anything but climbing, and then he had it taken away from him, and then he fought harder than anybody should fight to take it back and then took it to a place that no one else in the world has ever gone. Hmm. It's pretty amazing. And I walked away from it not only wanting to start climbing again, but also just like, man, like that guy is dedicated to what he was doing and not in a not in a purely selfish way. Like you just got to watch it. It's, it's very good. Okay. Worth the time. Like I want to watch it again with Jenny just because I watched it while she was out of town. I want to watch it with her just to see it again because I think it's motivating. So check that one out. Um, I haven't bought uh, Endgame on Blu-ray yet. You should. I know. We've said it enough times in yeah, the last couple seriously. weeks. I have the link from them personally so I can go get it. <laughs> and it would, that everybody can go get it. Yeah, it would bump up our, uh, our stats a little bit if you buy it. <laughs> Anybody that doesn't know, we did a, I'm sure somebody, everybody, if you're listening to this, you probably know. You better think and know. Yeah. This is one of those things where people ask us, like, how do you do YouTube? We thought we were doing YouTube, and then YouTube rewarded us by going like, ha no, you don't have it figured out. (laughs) We did a project that was sponsored by Avengers Endgame, which was just bananas that that even, I can say that sentence. Um, But, so we've been saying it a whole bunch of times recently, just because we've had to film this stuff over the last couple weeks, and... All that. So, yeah. Anyway, we haven't actually watched it. I had to buy the digital copy so that we could make that video. Yeah. So that I could show it on the screen in the video. And it was like one of those, all right, kids, it's bedtime. You have school tomorrow, but I have to film this. So everybody outside, act like you're having a good time. I'm going to set this thing up, and I'm going to put the movie on. And I'm going to fast forward to the interesting parts, and you have to be deathly quiet while I'm recording this thing right behind you. And then go to bed. And then go to bed. <laughs> so we'd get through one part of it, and they'd watch for a few minutes while I was shooting something behind, and then I'd start fast-forwarding, and they're all like, no, no, it was a good part. Yeah. Luckily, they had seen it before. But, yeah, I had to do that. Sorry, kids. We'll watch it soon, probably, maybe. Our life is busy. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. School is starting up again. Like all of the all of like the kid involved activities that were on kind of like a break, yeah, for the summer are now coming back, and it just kind of reminds you in a single week how busy that your life really is. Yeah, ours is busier this year right now. Well, I guess in like another week it will be busier than it's ever been, which is crazy to me. Um, at the beginning of the summer, I remember like when they all got home, you know, and they were just here all day. I was like, man. This is going to be a long summer. Just because it's such a shift to mm-hmm. have, like, silence all day and to not have to worry about, you know, taking care of anybody until after school. Uh, and then all of a sudden they're, they're just there and they're, like, bored and they have to be engaged and they have chores they have to do. And all, you have to stay on them and all this stuff. And then now they're gone again. They're back at school, which makes the days nice. But then, that you're right, all the other stuff comes yeah. back, too. And, like, our daughter's doing competitive gymnastics two nights a week now, and all four of them are doing soccer. I don't know when those practices are going to happen. Two of them do piano. And, like, we've never been a family that, like, everybody do all the things. It's always like, ah, I guess if all four of us can do something at the same time, we'll go do it. And now we're just, like, splintered. Yep. And there's a lot to... Get and uh, this, you know, majority of this falls on my wife, but get people to the right place at the right time, and it makes it so our evenings are rarely all together like they always have been, which is something I really like. Um, so it's kind of weird, it's changing in that way, but that's part of them getting older and getting interests, I guess. So it's not, not a terrible even thing, even for us as homeschoolers. I mean, I don't know if people think that we just like hang out at our house and never leave. Like, we are just as busy. Like, my wife and my son started piano lessons. Uh, they've got a weekly thing. Actually, two weekly things. What do they do? Wednesdays, are, they are not at home. They are busy doing stuff all day on Wednesdays. Mm. Um, my wife volunteers at this lady center and just 
stuff at like church that you'd think like Jesus doesn't take summer break that a lot of church people do. <laughs> so the, all the stuff that goes on around that, like that stuff is back up and busy again. And, yeah. you know, my kids are not uh, away at school during the day. So like school is starting back up their homeschool curricular co-op that starts back up too. And so it's like, man, I've had to sit down and have like calendar meetings with my wife, mm-hmm. like our time together, that time where we can just be the two of us when the kids are finally asleep is now like, okay, we need to get on the same page about what's going on and all the activities. And I guess, I don't know if other people have that same thought, but I had it in my head that like, yeah, we're homeschool kids. Like we can just kind of do what we're going to do, but we're driven by all of the schedules and activities that they're doing just like everybody else. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, ugh. Yeah. It adds up really quickly. Just tell me where I need to be when. But, I mean, I'm just one that likes to, you know, I like to be in my own element. I like to just not necessarily have things to do all the time. Because I feel like, you know, the work day, we, there's an endless things of, list of things that could be done. They don't all have to be done. But, like, if the doors were locked and I was stuck down here, if I somehow could, like, eat out of the air or something, I would be fine, and I could work and work and work and work, and I could just continue on that thing. But when I'm not in this space, it's like, I just want to kind of not have something planned all the time and be able to just talk to the kids and go out in the backyard and watch them play and, you know, just little stuff like that. And when somebody's always on the way to somewhere or somewhere, like, that doesn't happen as easily. And it's just kind of weird that a change like that can happen so quickly, like, all at once for all of our kids. Whereas I guess I kind of expected, like, ah, oh, the older ones will start to do a little bit of stuff here and there, and then the next one will start to do a little stuff, too, and then, you know, it'll kind of creep down. It's just like, bam, everybody's doing soccer. Yeah. Four different nights a week, probably. <laughs> and, like, you're going to be spending your entire Saturday at the soccer field watching uh. four different games and... I love my kids. I love that they wanted to do activities. My middle son wanted to play t-ball. He told me yesterday that he was sad he doesn't get to play t-ball anymore. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, he's got to wait till next season. And it was the same thing. Like, all right, well, he's got soccer. He's got piano lessons. And our kids are are leveling. My kids are younger than yours, but not by very much. Yeah. And so I can see your bell curve of stuff to do. And mine is starting to grow. And I'm like, man, but when we bump up to that time bracket that your kids are currently in, I'm like, oh, boy. Because yeah. I know, just like your daughter, my daughter is going to want to do all of it. Every single thing. She is nonstop. I'm like, okay. So let's just get it in our head right now that we have to be those kind of people. We yeah. got the minivan. We might as well put the thing to work. <laughs> and I mean, it's not It's not bad. Like, No, no, no. It's just, I, I don't like being rushed. I've yeah, never yeah. liked being rushed. Like, I have a very, usually calm demeanor. I can see all facets of a problem. I can prioritize them pretty quickly. I'm like, okay, stuff is okay. Stuff is not as bad as people are making it out to be. And so when things are rushed, like other people's intensity, like starts to inform my schedule. And so I'm a pretty chill person. They're like, no, this person's got to go there. And they got to go there. And they got to go, don't forget this. Don't forget this. Don't forget this. I'm like, you're you're muddying up and you're adding in all these extra things where I can just kind of see straight through. Like this person needs to be there at this time. I got it. Let's go do it. Instead of just like, oh, and this, and don't forget this, and don't forget this. He's got to go there. We got to get snacks this time. Yeah. You got to man the snack booth. Like, <laughs> it's not bad that they want to do these things, and I don't want them to ever miss out on opportunity to try something. Like, I don't want them to be the ones that actually do everything all the time. I want them to try stuff and then land on a thing that, like, they're good at or that they want. The problem is my daughter's good at every single thing she tries. <laughs> and so she wants to continue to do this and try that and then she's good at that so she wants to do both of these and try that and she just like keeps piling things on and that's when it's like tough to go well i don't know you could be a world-class gymnast and a world-class basketball player and maybe not play soccer or i don't maybe the other two i'm not really sure like how do i tell you not to do something that you are yeah just obviously aggressive at and talented at it's tough because uh, I don't want to stop any of them, but I also don't want to like push them to. You should definitely make sure you try every single thing in the world so that you know what you like and what you don't like. I mean, like you know, you can just fall into things and figure them out throughout life. But and that's why last week I asked Forby about like I've talked to you about uh, your motivations for art school and like I know my own motivation for to go to engineering school. 
but just what was it in that moment that like key decision making point where like I want to choose this path in life like was it you know you were set up or from a young age and you were raised in this world and this is what I've wanted to do and or known what I wanted to do since I was five or was it just some happenstance thing that you were kind of interested in and just random meeting kind of push people to a certain thing mm-hmm. so I've always been really intrigued by by people's path in life because it helps simplify or maybe declutter my mind and going like if, if my son wants to play t-ball he, he's enjoying t-ball so like I must push t-ball forever so that he can be a world-class t-ball player <laughs> like <laughs> or do I just let him kind of explore things that he's interested in and then in some weird happenstance moment some inspiration sparks and he's like you know what all of these little things in life have led me to this point to make this decision rather than like, all I know is T-ball. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you can't, I, I think you could, you could try to set up and orchestrate, you know, an opportunity for every single thing for every single child. And you yeah. still, I'm, I'm just saying, if oh. you, if you were to do that, you still wouldn't be able to create the right cocktail for them to absolutely find the thing that there's going to be their thing. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. That's just an impossibility. So I think being open to let them follow their interests, offering up some stuff that you also see as a potential that maybe they can't recognize is good. But like I, I do know some families who they make every kid try every sport at some mm-hmm. point in their life. And I, like, okay, sure. If that's a thing that's important and you really think that they need to try them for whatever reason, go for it. But to me, that seems like overwhelm. That seems like a kid's going to grow up thinking, I just have to say that I've tried it, and then I'm done. Hmm. Because if I have to spend a season doing every single sport just to get done to go to the next one, like you're not going to enjoy any of them. You're not going to get invested in any of them. Yeah, I, I think maybe you find one that you start to like gravitate towards, but I don't know. That's what we're doing. We're letting them all play basketball in, in a season one time, and then if they want to do it again next year, awesome, go for it. If not, I'm not going to push it a single bit. Same for soccer; they probably won't even finish the season. Some of them won't finish the season because they don't already don't want to do it. Um, you said just because you signed them up a long time ago when they were interested. Yeah, like six months ago, they were like, "Oh, we want to do soccer. That sounds fun. Cool, we'll sign them up. We'll pay the whatever hundreds of dollars it's to sign not them cheap up to sign no. kids up for stuff. four of them." And then we're like, okay, Saturday is the meet and greet. You get to go meet your coach and meet your team. And they're like, coach for what? what? <laughs> soccer. For I don't soccer. want to play soccer. Who's <laughs> soccer? I don't want to play soccer. And I'm, I just realized we have the same shirt on. There you go. Yeah. Look at that. Anyway, um, these are for sale. These are. <laughs> Sorry. Good job. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I want to give them opportunity. I don't want to force it. Yeah, I think the thing about. Uh, kids trying every sport i think you would have to go back to like why do you want your kids to play sports to begin with like is it for that team building and the discipline and that kind of stuff or do you just legitimately want them to be an olympic volleyball player yeah and so i think if if it's the discipline and the teamwork and all that stuff then then okay you're you're kind of a master you know a jack of all trades kind of thing like, Bo Jackson was awesome at baseball and football because he was Bo Jackson. Like, if, if my parents made me play a different sport every year, I wouldn't have got good at any of them. Right. I may have learned a little bit about the team and the discipline and all that stuff, but I don't get that rationale. Like, you would try everything just to see what sticks. You would have to do that at a really young age. Yeah. And because the, if you try that in, like, high school or middle school, you you should already have the institutional knowledge by then yeah, to be somewhat decent at that sport. Yeah, and a lot of people do. They start that at, you know, four and five years old to, like, just get them into t-ball and get them in, as a way to, like, we're prepping so that by elementary school they know where they're going to go, like, sport-wise or whatever. I'm just like, good grief. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm going to be a kid. I don't know. It's a lot. I, I see some merit in that, but I mean, they would have to have interests. If my parents would have tried to put me in soccer, as a, I mean, I did. I played soccer when I was a kid, and I remember it being really boring because there was no structure, and like there is a lot of strategy, and there are specific plays or not plays, but like specific positions. There's strikers and defenders, and like everybody has their part to play. Rather than little league kind of little kid soccer, everybody just runs around the ball like they're in some Hanna Barbera cartoon. To where that, I feel like it had no merit. And if that was going to set the stage for soccer for them, they're like, oh, well, I don't want to play soccer. Soccer's dumb. I'm like, well, that really wasn't playing soccer. Like, you were just playing tag with a ball. 
Yeah. And then they got mad because they never got the ball. I'm like, well, yeah, it's because you're fighting 20 other people for the ball. <clears throat> and it was the same thing with T-ball. Like, I used to coach T-ball. And I would coach it like, we're here to have fun, we're here to play, but I'm going to set the basic fundamentals of what the heck this game actually is at your level, four and five and six-year-olds. And so my son played T-ball this year. He was taught by a guy that taught uh, like 13 and 14-year-olds. And he's trying to teach them like turn your hips toward the ball so you can hit the the bat square on. I'm like, that's way above these kids' level. Hmm. You're going to pass them over. They're not going to care. And then when they play in a game, just like they did, they're focused on the wrong thing. And some kids didn't know how to run to first base. Hmm. Like day one stuff. So you have to set day one stuff so that if they can enjoy – if they can have fun within the actual confines of the rules of the game, then that sets them up to, to go further. But if if they're on a team where it's just like, yeah, we're out to have fun and we're just here to play and have snacks afterward, or if they try to aim too far over their head and try to get them to be golden gloves when they're six years old, you, you're going to miss the fact that sports are fun. Right. Yeah. And it's it's not day one of conditioning to be Tiger Woods. It's, you know, it's... Go out and have fun with a group of kids, and we're going to be playing a game because your parents paid a buttload of money for you to come up here and all dress the same. Yeah. And it's not like communal digging in the sand and picking weeds with a shirt on, with a jersey on. Like, there's, I see a lot of merit to it, but then if you're the parent who gets frustrated at those things, which I was, and my wife immediately challenged me that if you have such qualms with things, you should fix it. And so I became a t-ball coach, and I loved it. I could take all of those things and wrap it up and actually have the kids enjoy themselves while learning how to play the game. See, I, I would not do well there because I would not be able to justify an interest. Just historically, I'm just not a sports person. Yep. Like, I like individual sports. I like riding my bike. I like climbing. I like I used to rollerblade all the time, stuff like that. I was, I've never played on a team in any capacity in sports. I did band, which whether people believe it or not, is a team-building kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're marching in a group of 300 people. You're reliant on, or 200 people, or whatever. You're reliant on nonverbal communication with everybody around you. It's like a hive mind kind of thing. It's crazy. But there's a team aspect to that, and I only liked that because it was part of music. Mm-hmm. And so all that to say, like, I'm just not, like, if I think of sport, any sport. I think of it as this would be a fun thing for my kids and their friends to go play in the field behind our house. And for free. It, for free and for fun with no that's what sports should be. In my mind, whatever everybody else will disagree with me, that's all sports should be. And if that means you organize a team to play with people for that reason, awesome, go for it. But like the the pursuit of I'm gonna play X sport as my livelihood into adulthood and that's how I'm going to make my money and that's how I'm going to support my family. If that works for you, go for it. But to me, that's just not how I define what a, what sports are. So when it comes all the way back to me coaching a team for my kids, I would coach it like, go play. (laughs) I'll I'll play with you. I'll throw the ball to you. But like, I don't care about this any more than I think you should care about it. So it's not going to be serious. That's just not how I am about that. So I could not have taken over the coach position like you did and invested in it to try to get people better at it. I just it's just not how I work, I guess. And I've always felt like a little bit of an outsider to other people who enjoy sports, like legitimately enjoy and get excited about them. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just don't it's just not there. It's like yeah. I'm missing that piece or something and well, I think of, by nature you're not a very competitive person. Well that too. Yeah. And so that the act of, of sports or some kind of group competition to best another group, uh, I would not pick you for a sport, not to be mean or anything. <laughs> Fine. But pick you I'm like, you need someone with the fire in their belly. Yeah. I'm like, well, Bob's got a belly. Like, he doesn't have fire in it. <laughs> it's pretty lukewarm. Like, he can play if have fun. But, I mean, that, like, that competitive, like, yeah, we are together going to do something. And it's just, it's very emotional. It could be very, you know, invigorating. And it's, it's kind of a high that people try to pursue because watching some of the parents, man, I would deal with parents. The, some of the dads and a lot of the moms would get like super crazy competitive about their kids. I'm like, I understand, but you are not playing. 
Like, mm. if you want to go play, you can go play over there in the adult, like, softball league and chill. Your kid does not know what he's doing, so let's work on the little things. Yeah. And they're like, why isn't he batting first? Like, because it doesn't matter. We're barely keeping a score. The kid who bats last automatically gets a home run and everybody runs around the bases. Like, chill, brother. It's not as big a deal as you make it. Like, I like sports. I like competition. I like the fact that you can, you know, have a skill that yields like a, a physical result. You can hit a ball really far. You can throw a ball really accurately. You can hit a golf ball into a tiny hole. Like, those things are, are appealing to me. But I think it, it steps over the the ledge into this mad obsession when people act kind of like those yeah t-ball moms and dads and being from the south that is your ultimate goal (laughs) is to have this manic crazy obsession with whatever sport you happen to maybe vaguely enjoy whether it's roll tide or it's whatever like you have to pick the thing and you have to crank it up to 11 to even be accepted into the the ether of, of sports fans you can't be a casual Mm. fan of just about anything or you're going to be left behind or you're going to try to play with like the church softball league and people are intense <laughs> at the church softball league <laughs> screaming and cursing and like picking fights and i'm like what is happening here mm. so i think i'm the in-between like if you don't care about sports and it's like just go play i want to play and have fun with a group of people but i also want to like i, I want to win mm. i want everybody to do their best at whatever they happen to be doing so so that we can Show that we care enough to exercise this appropriately. And then there's the huge, like, no, we're, it's gone no time. Come on, everybody. Slapping their hands and getting all red in the face. I'm like, yo, you're going to die. You need to pump the brakes. <laughs> it's just a silly shaped ball. And we're just running through the grass. Yeah. We don't need all that. Whoa. This thing is taking shape. There's a lot of engines on the back of it. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I think uh, you probably hit something there, like, with the competitive. I just am not a competitive person. I've never had that nature. And so it seems really hard to justify the amount of intensity it takes to beat someone else at a game. Okay, I'll ask you this. I'll put it in the world that I know you operate in. When you were in the band and you were practicing or you were playing, was it more satisfying for you to play the stuff that you had accurately or to just like throw your hair around and just have like silly fun with your friends on a stage? Uh, well, it's hard because I never played covers, so I wrote the music. Okay. Well, was it so- important to you to express yourself artistically and to have everybody on stage, your friends, you're just up there at a, at a club or whatever. Or did you want to play the songs correctly? And if you got them incorrectly, was there like verbal steps to like, we need to be better at this in these ways? I think probably uh, some somewhere in between. But I, I feel like the difference there is that it was like trying to improve your own creation. Whereas, you know, sports, you're competing against someone else. And so there's whether that is important to you or not. Like this was, we wrote a song and we've done it at this caliber, and then tonight we didn't do that caliber. Like, we made too many mistakes, but we can get it back to where it, how it was intended to be performed. So th- that is a little bit different. But, but yeah, that is something, the performance, um, I would definitely put a lot of energy into. Like, way more than I would ever drop on any sort of a activity, or a sporting activity. Um like, I would put my full body and my full emotion into the music that I was playing. And so I think, kind of to, to parallel that, I think people that really like golf or really like baseball, they're going to put that same intensity and quality of their work into hitting a ball or you know dunking a ball or whatever as you would playing a guitar or playing keyboard. Yeah, yeah. I think it just manifests itself differently, which is funny because I think it satiates that same part of you to just want to do something really well and it's so emotionally tying to you that you're going to pour your whole self into it, mm-hmm. whether it's a song, if people don't feel like they're musically inclined or they've been put on a path and say we're a little kid, then it would manifest itself as a sporting event. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. I can see that. I mean, I, I don't understand it like personally, but I see that it's the same intensity put in a, diff- a different thing. 
Yeah, I mean, it's you were talking about like uh, you know teamwork and stuff. The uh, the other benefits of a kid being in sports, and I would typically say, yeah, I guess so. But um, <laughs> watching my daughter do the gymnastic stuff, and it's not even. I guess it's kind of a team thing, but it's not really a team thing. She has to work on her own performance and her own, you know, the mechanics of how mm-hmm. she's moving and stuff. And I have seen that pay off in uh, confidence. Yep. I mean, she's a confident kid anyway, but, like, she knows what her body is capable of and, like, what she can get it to do with a little practice. And that's really cool because she, she'll come home and do some crazy flip on the trampoline, some, like... Back over walk under tuck flip thingy. She's like, did you see that? I'm like, I don't know what I saw, but yep. That was awesome. She's like, yeah, I've been working on that for like three weeks, and I finally got it. That's cool. That means more to me than like, I scored 15. I don't know what that means. But I worked on something for three weeks, and now I can do it where I couldn't before. That's awesome. I think that is kind of the ultimate goal of parenting. And whatever your or my or whoever's background is most comfortable expressing that whether you played t-ball as a kid or you painted pictures or were in a band or whatever like you just you want your kids to be tenacious enough to want to get better at something that makes them feel good yeah and so if that's acting in a play or whatever it happens to be um that's amazing yeah and i think we're at the point right now where our kids are understanding it in themselves enough to realize what they're interested in so then I can be excited to help foster whatever that feeling is for them. Yeah, even if the thing itself is, like, to you is not that interesting. I could really care less. Yeah, like, but. I mean, so to go back to a previous conversation, your kid comes up to you and starts telling you about all the Pokemon that are super exciting. you just like, yeah. whatever, I don't right. care. That's yeah, good sure. for you. Enjoy that thing. But when they come tell you about something that they are physically trying to improve or something around them that they're trying to get better at or helping someone, even if you still don't understand what they're talking about, there's something better about that. Exactly. And I'm here for you. How can I make whatever you it is you're talking draw about better? <laughs> a squig doglymon better than you could yesterday? Like Squig doglymon. That's one. He's rare. He's in all in Japan. <laughs> uh yeah. Let's, so about, all that. There's there's a lot going on this season. And I want to have a good attitude about it. I don't want to get exhausted by it for them. You know what I mean? You remember my, I was talking about my son going to piano? Yeah. And he was whining about it? Yep. Uh, he loved it. Surprise. <laughs> and he came home and he was telling me all about piano. I'm like, yeah, buddy, tell me all about it. Like, show me what you learned. And he's got his little music book. And he's working on his hand position and all that. I was super happy for him. And those are one of those things where I was like, I was bored playing that. And I kind of gave up on piano. And to see him actually excited about it, I'm like, amazing. Hmm. Be not me. Like you said, he's not me. As much as we overlap in things, he's his own person. And it's really interesting to see a thing in myself I wish was better. And it's just already better in him. Mm. Like, yes. That's cool. Hooray. I talked to his teacher last night. Oh, really? Yeah. I forgot her name. She said, Lindsay. She said he was doing a good job. That was cool. Because she didn't go like, yeah, he's terrible. That kid with the goofy hair. (laughs) Says he wants to be a wild stallion. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> All right. What what time is it? 48. You got anything else you want to talk about? No, but I am like two seconds away from being done with this entire model. Oh, well, okay. Patreon. We talk about that every time. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about that again. Um, Patreon is an awesome way for you to support. I'm going to stop saying that. Ooh. I'm going to stop saying that. You just witnessed a live moment here, everybody. <laughs> We are actively trying to change our internal positioning. Is that businessy enough? Yeah, sure. Um, on Patreon, because it's not about support anymore. It's about access. So we are trying to create extra, early, neato, whiz-bang stuff for <laughs> Patreon members. A better experience for you. Yeah, more for you, not like... Please feed us through Patreon. That's not the point anymore. So if you would like to get extra more early things. Exclusive. (laughs) Synergy. All all of the the Tom Haverford words. Yeah. Uh, One off. If you want all that stuff, Patreon is an awesome way to get that. 
Uh, and it's a way to have kind of closer communication with us. Discord server. We got monthly hangouts. We got all sorts of stuff. Uh, Which we just had the monthly hangout mm-hmm. where we were um, we were ballparking all this stuff with people on Patreon about Patreon. It was super meta. We had a nice little focus group that we took a lot of the information and a lot of the opinions that we got from those amazing people on Patreon who do the monthly hangout at that particular Patreon level. Like we took that stuff to heart and we're going to implement a lot of it. And and to be clear, this is a conversation with five people. This is you and I talking yep. to five people on a video hangout. This is not like a webinar, yeah. right? This is like it's not a YouTube live where your chat gets lost yep. as people keep entering. This things. is first name basis. Yep. Hey, what do you think, Mike? That kind of a thing. Um, and it's awesome. So that is where I first uh, met you. Oh, yeah. It was in a Patreon hangout. Hmm. The same Patreon hangout that we had the other day. Now, that's not saying that a Patreon hangout will lead to having a co-hosting a podcast. <laughs> but we should say, put it as a potential perk just to draw Statistically, your chances are better. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, patreon.com slash I like to make stuff. Uh, or not. That's fine, too. Either way. Uh, are you done yet? I got I got glue his feet down to the moon. Glue his feet down. If you have some ideas for topics, if you have some stuff you want us to talk about, if you have, whoa, oh man, all of the pros and cons and stuff that we talked about last week with all four of us all came from patrons. And you know what I would do? Like we used to talk a lot about movies. We haven't talked about movies a whole lot lately. Yeah. And I like talking about movies. Okay. So let's talk about movies. Let's talk about movies more. So if you have some movies you want us to talk about. Or movies that Days one of, of us has seen that the other one may have not have seen. Have you seen Days of Thunder? Uh, I take it it's a race car movie from a guy who doesn't like sports. Oh, I imagine you that would be no. It. I'm asking you if you have seen it. I saw it. I think I saw it. I know it's about Cole Trickle. Oh, that's good. You know. Yeah, I think I saw it, but honestly, I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Okay. Um, I like Tom Cruise. So done. I may have. Ooh, nice. I made a diorama of the moon. Yeah, you did. But none of it's painted, so it's all bleached. That's what happens. Oh. So this is an accurate representation if Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong were left on the moon in the exact pose that they arrived. The sun <laughs> would have bleached all of this stuff, and it would just be a, a seashell carcass <laughs> with footprints. Huh. So what do you know? There you go. Okay. Just change history right there. That seems like a pretty good place to end it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Buzz. We'll see you guys Sorry, next Neil. time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good